Well, what's up, folks, as the music fades out here, this is now episode number five of Behind the Podcast, and we thank once again DJ Bink Brizzy for the intro song here, also known as Mike West, and on the panel tonight, we have a plethora here of folks. Um, Fuji <laughs> is uh, on the little giggle laugh as he started out the show here, so he had Fuji laugh that he's back from Alaska, by the way, folks, and, and it's a good thing that he's back here. He's getting warm finally in Philadelphia. He was freezing his butt off out there in Alaska. And, and uh, Fuji, before I get the rest of the panel here, I just want to ask. I know we sent you on assignment out there to Alaska. Uh, they were talking about the field hockey team. that they're in. I, I, th- I, I think they called them the Nasty Cougars. I'm not too sure why they gave them that name either. But So I know they're on the field hockey team. We sent you out there on assignment. Uh, how did it go other than freezing yourself off over there in, uh, in Alaska? Yeah, it was fun. Checked out a few igloos and. Was on the frozen pond playing some hockey and all that good stuff. Well, that's good. Well, listen, we're glad you're back in Philly. That is the greatest news that we can see. You're looking good, looking healthy, although you look a little white-ish. And I can understand because you can't get a suntan out there in Alaska yet, but it's okay. You're back in warmer timbers, and we do appreciate you going on assignment. Uh, so thank you for what you did because the fans, I will say, we ourselves – Missed you so much. And since you've been gone, by the way, we've gotten a new beat writer, Nicholas Lisi. You heard about him before we sent you out to Alaska, but he's here with us tonight. So he's uh, joining the, the crew this evening. So uh, we plan to have a, a good show this evening. And of course, it, it's probably going to be uh, uh, a little controversial tonight to, to say the best, or at least to say at least for the most part, only because oh. as We've been talking about it, and on the panel with us again tonight will be Michael Sherman, of course, the sports contributor of Broad Street South. Michael, how are you this evening? Doing fantastic. Philadelphia Phillies are 4-0. Are they for real? I know. That's a good question. What's it, By the way, and I know this, by the time everybody listens to this on Wednesday, uh, what was there, what's our update here with the Phils? Nothing, nothing, top of the third. Okay. Well, no, we're still undefeated. Wanted to welcome Nick to the show and the family. Welcome, Nick. Thanks for coming aboard with us. Fuji, it's uh, it's an honor to get to meet you, and uh, I've heard a lot about you, so I can't wait to get started, and I can't wait to start doing some real shows with you. Thank you. Now, Nick, because, again, he's, he's – so when we send Fuji out on assignment, Fuji has many names, but when he goes somewhere so he can be recognized, he's actually Michael Fuji Fiorimondo. When he goes out there, right? <laughs> but here on the show, so everybody can recognize him back in Philly, it's Vito Corleone. So the Godfather is back with us tonight just to kind of give you a breast of what's going on here. So, Vito, it's great to see you again. We appreciate you coming on. Great to see you guys, too. Now, filling in for, We'll be on the show Thursday night. So, you know, so it, now you heard it first that Vito will be with us on Thursday night. So make sure you tune in Thursday night, 730 It'll be episode 41 here coming up this Thursday, 7.30 live uh, Thursday. In a couple of weeks from now, we're going to have a special guest on, on a whole different show that has absolutely nothing to do with sports, and I'll just release that a little bit later on. But for right now, stay tuned. Just mark the date on your calendar, March 29th. It's going to be really good. Um, also, 
filling in, of course, for Vito Corleone. It's Ryan Neff. He's been with us for the past couple of weeks. And Ryan, we thank you for coming on again with us here on Tuesday night, helping out with the absence of Vito. As again, we had sent him out there. I think originally we were going to send him to Afghanistan, but we decided to send him to Alaska because Afghanistan was setting up a new baseball team, but it, you know, passports, COVID, all that good fun stuff. We couldn't do it. So we sent him to Alaska. But Ryan, thank you for being with us tonight. Great to be back with everybody and it's glad to see uh, Fuji's back looking alive and well. And hopefully uh, he'll be fired up here in the next couple of weeks like he always is. Thanks for yep. covering for me, Mr. Neff. Yep. Much obliged. No Good problem, day. my friend. It's good once again to have Vito in the house here. So we're going to start off the show tonight. And I thank everyone for listening on Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. Uh, the library will expand here momentarily. Of course, you have to get licensing rights, all the good fun stuff. So it'll be available on iHeart and other places as well, as long as I can get the okie dokie from everybody else to be able to do so. So right now, I'd like to thank Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iTunes for putting up there. And we're... So, and I also learned today that we are ranked on iTunes. Now, mind you, of course, we're not up there with all the big wigs. I think we're at 133rd, which could be worse because there's a lot more shows. It could be worse, but we're still ranked and we'll work our way up there to number one within no time. Hopefully, Lord willing. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone to listen in to Broad Street South on the audio version side of Behind the Podcast every Tuesday that's published on Wednesday morning at nine o'clock. So, well... Major League Baseball, which has been controversy, almost after controversy, because they decided to uproot the All-Star Game from Atlanta to Denver. Now, mind you, and Nick has a great article, article number two, actually, and he decided to take this on his own. I said, hey, why don't we do something for the opening day? Nick flipped it around. He goes, nope, there's a current event that's going on right now, and I want to put it out there for the American people. And so it will be available, hopefully come tomorrow here on BroadStreetSouth.com. Great article. I read it through. It's a knockout as much as his first one. So two articles by Nick. Nick, we thank you for taking the time. We know that you're busy out there in Clemson. And uh, we just got breaking news from Nick that uh, his roommate, Trevor Lawrence, uh, really isn't his roommate. And unfortunately, We've been saying that it was, and now it's his actual friend. So just to clarify that, Trevor Lawrence yeah. is not his actual roommate. But, uh, you know, we like to see, obviously, one day maybe his friends will come on there as well. Acknowledge everyone from Clemson that has been going to school, dealing with COVID, and now they'll come on and, and we can have just a fun show with all the Clemson fans. So, Nick, thanks again for, of course, coming on with us tonight. Thank you for the article. And uh, I will start off, I guess, with you more than and, uh, I will here with Sherman, which I'll get to next followed by Ryan and then Vito. So Major League Baseball decides, and I do have a couple of audio, audio clips because I'm going to make it fair across the board here, decide to move the All-Star game from Atlanta to Denver. Apparently New York put in a bid for it, Milwaukee put in a bid for it, but all in all they went to Denver. I will ask you, as I did prior to the show, and as you stated on your article, which again, great article, what do you feel and or how do you feel about the move from Atlanta to Denver? Personally, I support the move. I think athletes are starting to gain power in their voice. And I think that at the end of the day, the athletes came together um, and as well, as well as Major League Baseball. And they decided that if Georgia is going to make stricter voting laws and they're going to make these voting laws out there 
harder for certain people of certain backgrounds to vote, then yeah, I think uh, the MLB made the right decision. They decided to move the game. They decided to move to Colorado. Um, I really wish it was in Atlanta. I was hoping to volunteer this year at the at the All Star Game. I was gonna I was gonna try to work it because Atlanta is not too far from where I live. Um, but it's a it's a real bummer, and hopefully it creates some awareness for the government in Georgia, and hopefully that the Georgia government gets to talk again and see what they can change and see what they like and what they don't like about what they put out. Okay, so Sherman, because I said I was going to go to you next, and and, and I will phrase a question the same exact way. And and you can listen. We all have opinions. Don't get me wrong. Tonight again, I will say it's probably the most controversial show that we'll have to date. And I've stated this before, Sherman. You know this, Vito, because you're back. You know this as well. We never mix sports and politics. One thing I did say about Broad Street South, but unfortunately, the sports and politics has mixed itself together. It is the current headline. So this is just getting the opinion of, you know, baseball fans of us. Again, we're not professionals. We're not politicians. Uh, we don't run any kind of offices or anything else like that. It's just us enjoying the night, as Sherman talked about before we started the show, that we're just grown adults here talking about our own views and opinions as far as what's going on with Major League Baseball. So Sherman, uh, as you've heard, like everyone else has, MLB decided to move it to Denver, pulled out of Atlanta, and it could cost up to $100 million for the local residents of Atlanta and Fulton County. I think they, they play in Cobbs County now. I know they, they moved from Fulton over somewhere else. But I would like to get your view and your opinion of either A, was it the right move, or is it something that maybe they were pressured by? I think that ultimately it's a decision that Major League Baseball had to do. As we were talking about before the show, sports have taken on more of a political platform over the last couple of years. And for people who know me personally, I am not the most politically savvy person in the world. I don't enjoy having discussions about politics. But to use Vito's favorite phrase, with all of that being said, there are issues in the United States of America, and right now, Georgia is the hotbed with these voter suppression laws. And Major League Baseball, at the end of the day, is a business, and they want to be able to cater to as many people as possible. So for Major League Baseball to move the All-Star game from Atlanta to Colorado, to Denver, Colorado, I believe that Major League Baseball is showing their support because of the fact that at the end of the day, they don't want to alienate a certain faction of the country who could be affected by these laws. Like I said moments ago, there was a time where politics was not really that prevalent in sports. But now politics does seem to be part of the sports and you know, I'm not a huge fan of that because sports for me is an escape from the reality. And now we've gotten to the point where sports and politics are starting to mix. Um, I honestly do feel for the Atlanta Braves and their organization because of the fact that they are a city 
of one of the 30 major league baseball teams. And when you have the all-star game in your home city, that's, that's a huge honor. It's a big event. It's a wonderful opportunity to bring in revenue for your team and for your city. And now that has been stripped away from them. And, and it's a shame that it's been stripped away from them. But at the end of the day, I think that this is a move that Major League Baseball needed to do. Uh, if you recall, I think it was last summer, we had the whole discussion about whether or not they should have removed the Kate Smith statue or not. And we could save that for another time or maybe later tonight. I think at the end of the day, these major sports organizations are businesses. And if they want to sell their jersey and their product to as many people as possible, then they want to do the best that they can to not alienate as many people as possible. Okay. Brian, and I, and I have a clip here that I'm going to play of Georgia's governor, uh, Kemp, as far as the reason why he's saying what MLB did wrong as far as moving. that uh, And you can find anywhere, CNN, Fox, uh, Twitter, you name it, YouTube, it, it, it's out there. But I'm going to play the audio of what he feels like what MLB did wrong. And I'll play that after I ask Ryan F. Same, same exact thing, Ryan. I, to me, again, we're talking about MLB baseball. In case anyone's just tuning in right now, this is Broad Street South. Uh, I'm on tonight with Michael Sherman, sports contributor, and Nicholas Lisi, our beat writer, Michael Fuji, Fiordiwando, and the co-host, and Ryan Neff, uh, filling in for when Fuji was out, but of course, Fuji's back, and so we appreciate Ryan coming on. But Ryan, so again, we're talking about MLB, the move, and I mean, kudos to what Sherman just stated, because that, that was a great statement he just ended up putting out. And, and as he stated, he, he doesn't run for office or anything else, but Sherman puts it very eloquently. So I, I want to hear what you have to say as far as your opinion on how you feel about this entire move going over to Denver. The bottom line, gentlemen, is that we live in a completely different era. We live in completely different times. Um, who thought we'd ever live through a brutally global pandemic? I don't have a problem with what Major League Baseball did. Um, Somebody was going to take the lead, you know, whether it was the NBA or the NHL. I mean, NHL doesn't have a team there, but somebody was going to take the lead. And I thought probably Major League Baseball was probably deciding on what to do. But I thought what really got Governor Kemp in trouble, even after Biden made his statements about the All-Star game being pulled, is when Governor Kemp came out and said, I wish Biden would just stay out of it or none of his business to, to that effect. And then he came out and said, the move of the All-Star game is ridiculous. It's not going to happen. And it was almost like after he made that statement, Major League Baseball was like, oh, yeah, well, hold my beer for a second. And, you know, we'll see about that. Um, right. That's where I thought he got that, – that, that's – for me, that's where he got himself in trouble. And then when, you know, he came out and was trying to explain all the reasons about the, you know, the laws and that they should really, like, read up on it and – you know, they're not, they're, they're misinformed and he's going through all these reasons. It almost sounded like he was this little kid who had his toy taken away from him and he had to come up with all these reasons why it was wrong. So, but we just, we live in a new era with all the social unrest over the last year. You're just going to see more and more of it. You saw it with the WNBA last year. You saw it with the NBA players last year. 
Um, those organizations, the only thing that I didn't like was I thought maybe Major League Baseball could have sent some representatives to sit down with him face to face and say, look, explain to us what we're not understanding before we think about doing this instead of them just doing it. But again, going forward, you just, and we talked about this before the show, Angel, was the fact that what a lot of people have an issue with now is, does this open Pandora's box? Right. This doesn't happen all that often. So let's say a couple years down the line, Major League Baseball bumps into the same issue with, let's say they're having the All-Star game, let's say in a different city, different state, obviously, and something comes up and another bill's passed. What's the differentiation going to be if Major League Baseball decides not to pull out of a, another situation along down the line? How are they going to differentiate between, well, we did it here, but we're not going to do it here because it's it's different. And then they're, they're going to have to try and explain why it's different. And I think everything that I've seen on social media, everything that, you know, I, you know, I hear people talking, that right now is like seems to be the biggest conversation is how are they going to be able to differentiate all of this? You're not going to please everybody all the time. You're going to piss some people off. But how are they going to be able to say, okay, this is why we did it here, but this is why we're not going to do it here. And I think that's that's the bigger issue right now from what I am hearing and from what I'm experiencing. But in, in the long I don't have a problem with what they did. I'm like Mike. I don't get into politics a lot. I mean, I'll discuss it with somebody. Everyone's going to have their own different opinion. Um, but I would have cared less either way. I mean, but they're the ones that took the initiative, and that's where we stand. All right. So, Vito, if you can unmute your mic there. I see you haven't muted, so... In case you start talking, there you go. Um, so same thing, new question. Just wondering your thoughts when it comes to MLB, the movement over to Denver. I'll just to reiterate what Ryan said. I mean, started with the WNBA last year. Guess I'm looking at it more as, you know, small businesses in Atlanta. You know, people that lost tons of money with the pandemic last year. Jobs, creating capital, creating jobs. I mean, hotel industry wiped out across the board. You know, I, I feel for the little people with the businesses. Um, I mean, honestly, I might sound, bi sound biased here, but why didn't Philly get a shot at it? I mean, we ha we haven't hosted an All Star game, but that's a question for another time. But I mean, who's to say this going down the road ain't going to happen with a Super Bowl or you know an NBA All Star game, an NHL? You know, just who's to say the NFL could do it to a Pro Bowl? Like, you know, not a Pro Bowl, but the Super Bowl. Like, you know, people. You know, they probably build extra hotels in Atlanta, extra businesses. Like, that's just revenue that's being lost for the city of Atlanta. And 
creating jobs, etc. And see, I guess why it was done, but feel like I said, I feel bad for the little the little people in the land and the revenue and just you know, just to you know, they prepare a couple of years for this stuff. So something you just don't throw together within a month's time. I mean, yeah, just for you know, like I said, the the hospitality industry basically just having the rug pull out from underneath you. I mean, how does a city like Denver be able to take it on now within a couple months? You know, especially last minute and just to be like Denver thrown into the fire last minute. I mean, it, may, it raises a lot of questions. That's my take. And I'll just interject real quick, Angel, before you get to the clip, is that a lot of people, and this is years ago, a lot of people don't realize that the NFL did pull a Super Bowl out of Arizona way back when because Arizona would not recognize Martin Luther King Day as a national holiday. And the right. Super Bowl, the Super Bowl was yanked out of Arizona, and all the last couple of days, all I've heard from people are, "Well, that was a different situation," and that was that's what I was talking about before. How are you going to differentiate what's important for us to move something out of there? And okay, this isn't as important, so we're just going to leave it alone. And that's what I'm talking about. You're talking about a state that wouldn't recognize a national holiday for Martin Luther King. And now you've got voter registration law that somebody passed that a lot of people don't agree with. So where's, where's what, what, what's the difference? And that's, that, that, that's what I'm talking about. That, that, that's the big conversation that people are going to have going forward. All right. Well, I'm going to get to the clip here with, with governor Kemp. And what he's what his reasonings were that I forget what the actual law is. I think it's like HD two zero two something. I know it, it's a law that they're putting out there. It's got other multiple laws within, but the biggest one being the state ID. So I'm going to play the clip from Kemp here. I also got two more to play afterwards, but this is going to be the one uh, to lead off here. So here's Governor Kemp. It's not about the facts, because here's the truth. SB 202 expands access to voting, secures ballot drop boxes around the clock in every county, expands weekends voting, protects no-excuse absentee voting, and levels the playing field on voter ID requirements as well as streamlining election procedures. And yes, water can be provided to voters that are in line by election workers. And yes, we are not going to allow political organizations or anyone else to harass or electioneer voters who are waiting in line to vote within the 150-foot buffer. Those are the simple facts. Free and fair elections are the foundation of who we are as a state and a nation. Secure, accessible, fair elections are worth the threats. They are worth the boycotts as well as the lawsuits. I want to... I want to be clear. 
I will not be backing down from this fight. And neither are the people who are here with me today. We will. We will not be intimidated. And we will also not be silenced. Major League Baseball, Coca-Cola, and Delta may be scared of Stacey Abrams, Joe Biden, and the left. But I am not. So we hear, right, as the governor pointed out that obviously Coca-Cola got themselves involved, Delta Airlines got themselves involved. <clears throat> There's other parts of the bill that deal with all this controversy going on here in Atlanta, especially for the state of Georgia here. One of it being, obviously, for the folks who can't see, I'm holding up my driver's license, because anywhere that you go, if you purchase mostly anything anymore. If you buy something from Best Buy online and you want to go to the store and pick it up, first thing they ask you is for what? Your driver's license. A state ID of some sort that states that, yes, you are the person who purchased the item and or let's just say if I said, hey, Sherman, in Philly, they got this computer that I need. I know they're going to ask you for your license or an ID. I'm going to say, by the way, he will present his ID, but he's vouching for me, and they'll end up giving me a call, the good night, all that stuff. And then, hey, Sherman, here's a laptop. Thanks, you know, for buying with Best Buy. If you get tickets from MLB, if you do will call tickets, you have to present an ID. So according to what MLB stated was that one of the many reasons they decided to move it out of there was because they felt as if, it's easier, I guess, for anyone without an ID to vote in Georgia, and that's the way it should have stayed, instead of presenting an ID to vote in the state of Georgia. Now, where I reside in the state of Florida, where I used to reside in the state of Pennsylvania, you must provide a state ID and or passport, some sort of government documentation, the key word is government documentation, to state that, yes, I am who I am, this is my address, here's where I live, and if I moved, I'm supposed to show some sort of form of the new place that I moved to. I get an affidavit signed, and they make sure that everything is legal. Therefore, there's no scandals. There's no anything else. Okay? So now, MLB decides to say, well, you know what? Nah, this is kind of controversial because we feel that nothing should be changed when it comes to the election or anything else. Everything should stay the way it is. We also have during the election. We don't have to say anything about it because it is what it is. But... Under the same token, if you're stating that you need state identification, even a lot of times when you buy movie tickets, because some movies, the way the ratings are, they want to see it to make sure you're old enough to get in there. So to me, moving this out for political reasons is a complete loss. No offense to anybody. We That's what we thought, as Sherman said not so long ago, we'd hope that we would watch the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, NASCAR, you name it, without having any kind of politics involved, but here we are today. Fast forward into 2021, which we thought 2020, we were done with all this crazy nonsense as far as like all these different views. But now we're in 21. Now Biden decides to step himself in there and say, Oh, listen, Major League Baseball, I stand with you because of the politics, blah blah blah. Then he recants what he says because he tells the masters, Well, if the masters want to stay there, who am I to say to move out of there? So flip flop all you want to there. Uh, to me, it makes no sense that they decided to do this, to move and go to Denver of all places. And by the way, if Major League Baseball hasn't realized, 
the laws are a lot more strict in Denver than it actually is in Atlanta. Now, the other thing is, is why is it always if, again, if this current cabinet was supposed to bring us all together, why is it that anytime something comes on now, it's always, well, Atlanta was 56% black and 41% white. Or sorry, 51, 49. So then they go to Denver and like, well, Denver was between 76 to 80% white, 13% black. So not only are we throwing politics, here we are again with ethnicities, which I don't understand why it has to be thrown in there as well. We're already dealing with enough stuff in our society today without having to keep hashing this over and over and over again. But MLB chose because they didn't like the new laws that were written by the state of Georgia, Governor Kemp, and so they decided to hightail it out to Denver. The small businesses, as Fuji has talked about, which we've talked about as well. And if you have a small business, you know, we would love for you to come on with us because we believe in a small mom and pop business that makes this country grow, you know, to whether if, you know, if you start out with Joe's spark plugs and you become a humongous entity like Amazon, well, great for you. But if you're a small shop like Barbara's, you know, uh, Birch Boutique and Mr. and Mrs. Sherman are trying to get themselves to somewhere it's a little bit bigger, maybe not as humongous as Amazon, but little by little, they've been trying to grow their business. Who are we to not give our dollars to Boots Boutique because you figured you want to throw politics in there. And the last time I checked, I'm not going to Boots Boutique, Birch Boutique, Birch Boutique, pardon me. I'm not going there and telling Sherman, Sherman, I don't want to give you my dollars because well, George Washington is on there. And I got a problem with George Washington. To me, it's, you know what? Him and his wife have a great product. I love their hospitality. They don't bring politics into this whatsoever. And I'm more than happy if they want to talk about certain things, sure, I'll talk about it, but I'm there to do business with the Shermans. And that's because her boutique is where I want to go to shop for everything that, that I may need for my girlfriend or mom or sister or whomever else. But once you start adding politics into everyday things, it's a big problem and it's become a bigger, major problem. They asked uh, Pisaki a simple question. And uh, Sherman, I don't know if you want to buzz in or not, but they asked a simple question to Pisaki that I will play because, again, I'm going to make this fair all the way across the board because I want for every politician out there to voice their opinion and we'll continue to talk about the subject here because, again, it's just one of those nights. But, Sherman, I don't know if you want to say something here because I, I see your, uh, your hand on the hot button. First of all, thank you for the plug for Burke's Boutique. Uh, when she goes on her show live, she makes it a point to not discuss politics. And while she's doing her live shows, there are some people who type in the chat box that they're either pro this candidate or pro that candidate. And my wife does not get involved because at the end of the day, she just wants to sell a product without getting the political views involved. The thing that I would be very curious about is the following. So Major League Baseball is pulled out of Atlanta. I have to think that within Major League Baseball that there are multiple athletes who are against this move. Right. Are those athletes going to boycott the rest of the season and say, you know what, I don't care how much money I'm getting paid. I'm just not going to accept it because I don't align with what Major League Baseball did. I have to think at the end of the day, that that is not going to happen because the almighty dollar, unfortunately, rules all in so many situations. 
Are the people of Atlanta, the fans who did not get to see baseball in their city last year due to COVID, are they going to collectively stand as a unit and say, you know what, for the 81 home games that the Atlanta Braves play, we're just not going because we align with what the government wanted to do with the laws. Even though the irony of it is in the 2020 presidential election, whether you thought it was fair or whether you didn't think it was fair, the results is that for the first time in however many years, it went blue. It was a democratic state. So now all of a sudden you have this law that comes out and Major League Baseball, at the end of the day, they're a business, so they don't want to align with that law, which is why they're pulling out. So I get it. But the people of Atlanta and even the players of Atlanta, you know, how are they feeling right now? The Atlanta Braves have already come out with a statement saying that they really don't agree with the decisions that are made. There's a lot of small businesses that were affected by this move. And I have to think at the end of the day, the biggest way that you're able to make a statement is when all of a sudden revenue is not coming in. So I truly believe if the people of Atlanta stop going to Atlanta Braves baseball games, and there's 81 of them this year, that that would put a huge dent in the pocket and Major League Baseball would potentially have to rethink things. And it's a shame for the players who play for the Atlanta Braves. They're like innocent pawns here, right? Freddie Freeman, right. Marcelo Zuna, Ozzy Albies. You know, we just played them. The Phillies beat them three straight games. Here's people making a lot of money. They're really good players. They made it to the playoffs last year. If I recall correctly, they went up against the Dodgers before losing in the league championship series. And they're perennially a good team, right? And now all of a sudden they're dealing – with this situation and i definitely do not have all the answers to this it's definitely a hot topic of discussion as ryan said earlier what's going to happen in the future when they try to put the all-star game in another city that does not align with the political views of major league baseball will they be allowed to do that um you know you can't just turn around and say Major League Baseball is only going to have the All-Star game in in cities that are Democratic. That wouldn't be fair to the other cities in Major League Baseball. And I don't have the breakdown of which states in Major League Baseball are blue states and which states in Major League Baseball are red states. But I have to think uh, that there's more than one city of Atlanta um, – you know, with this law that was just passed that would be read. And, you know, I think down the line that this is just going to, it's going to spiral into something larger. And unfortunately, if sports for years was your escape to get away from the politics, I don't think that that's the movement anymore. I'm not here to say whether that's the correct move or whether that is the incorrect move, and maybe people are going to bash the Juru and say, why don't you have an opinion to make a stand? That is not my place to make that stand right now. I'm trying to be as objective as possible right. about this. I mean, there's so many things going on. Look, you, look, you want me to take a stand on something? The fact that they were going to try to deny people water in line for people in long lines, in my opinion, is absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. And if you want to circum, if you want to circumvent that whole thing, give each person in line a penny, and say water is being sold for a penny, and then they can all give a penny and they can get a bottle of water. Like that's absolutely crazy. But then you get into the whole thing with 
identification. And as Angel said before, you know, you want to get a movie ticket, you want to buy alcohol, you want to do practically anything. You need an identification card. So if you need an identification card for things that are so minute as buying an alcoholic beverage or buying movie tickets or anything else, then for something as major as being able to vote, then there should be some form of identification that needs to be shown or proof of a social security number. Because whether you're Democrat or whether you're Republican, you just want it to be fair at the end of the day. And I don't see how just giving people the opportunity to vote without any identification whatsoever, there's there's just no rhyme. There's no reason as to what's going on. There needs to be some sort of accountability. And I think that's all that this law is asking for, for some sort of accountability. And Major League Baseball doesn't align with it. So they made a decision they're going to pull out. I'll be very curious to see if some of these athletes who don't align with some of the laws of the United States of America, whether they turn around and they decide, you know what, I've had enough. I'm giving up my multi-million dollar salary and I'm just not going to play anymore. The day that that happens, I'll start having a lot more respect for for athletes because the almighty dollar rules all. You want to take a stand, give up the six figures, give up the seven figures, don't play anymore. And that's when I'll know for real that these athletes are really serious about their abuse. Right. Now, the one thing as, as the discussion was, and I was talking to Nick before we went on air here, is that it, they so they put out one of the bylaws within that bill. And prior to this controversy here, it's been written in Georgia law, and it and it's it's in the house. Anybody can pull it up. You can actually Google it even online. You you are allowed to give someone either a a meal and or water. The only thing you're not allowed to do is so let's just say if nick started you know nick's fast dogs you know dot com and he's selling gourmet hot dogs so nick couldn't write on there vote for joe and then sell you that hot dog or feed you that hot dog because you were looking at a hot dog oh that's pretty neat <laughs> vote for joe so that they're saying you can't do that the same way with the bottle of water so fuji couldn't have you know fuji water supply and have you know whomever the next Republican candidate would be and say, Hey, by the way, here's a bottle of water. And Oh, look, you know, that's freaking Vito Corleone. He's running for president. So that's the stuff they, they stay away from all that kind of propaganda. They say, no, if you want water, if it's a clear cup, you know, a red cup, anything, but any kind of advertisement on it whatsoever. And that was read back from uh, governor Kemp's office. So that they got straightened out. Everything else is what they're, they're trying to deal with here. I do want to play though. Because, again, I'm making it fair all the way across the board. When Jen Psaki was asked a question, a simple question of what was thought of MLB moving, this here kind of irritated my skin just a little bit because, to me, this had nothing to do with the way the, the question was asked. And, to me, it makes no sense. So I'm going to bring this up. Hopefully this will work here the way it's supposed to. Let me bring up the screen here so everyone can see and you can hear of what Pisaki had to say. And, uh, is the White House concerned that Major League Baseball is moving their all-star game to Colorado with voting regulations very similar to Georgia? Well, let me hear. Uh, first, 
you made. Uh, first, let me say, um, I'm Colorado. Um, Colorado uh, allows you to register on election day. Uh, Colorado has voting by mail, where they send to 100% of people in the state uh, who are eligible uh, applications to vote by mail. 94% of people in Colorado voted by mail in the 2020 election. Uh, and they also allow for a range of um, uh, materials to provide, uh, even if they vote on election day, for the limited number of people who, who vote on election day. I think it's important to remember the context here. Uh, the Georgia legislation is built on a lie. Uh, it's There was no widespread fraud in the 2020 election. Uh, Georgia's top Republican election officials have acknowledged that repeatedly in interviews. Uh, and what there was, however, was record hitting turnout, especially by voters of color. So instead, what we're seeing here is in, for politicians who didn't like the outcome, uh, they're not changing their policies uh, to win more votes. They're changing the rules to exclude more voters. And we certainly see the circumstances as different. But so the, the question here, right, was, it again, simple question here. When, when you look at it, I'm going to stop sharing the window here so it won't come up. We'll create an echo. So she was asked about, you know, what has she thought about the move from them moving out of there? So you, you bring up the Denver laws. Then you want to talk about the election. Let's get over the election. The election came, went, and happened, period. It's done, right? We all voice our frustrations. If you're frustrated, we all voice our opinions. We can all say whatever we want to. But you asked a, just a simple question of what was thought. First started with the, uh, um, um, hold on for a second. I flipped through my thousand pages here to make sure I get the correct one. And then you come out and say whatever the, the Denver law was in according to what Georgia is. And you go back to the election. You know, it was proven fraud. No one asked about fraud. No one asked about the election. A simple question that was asked, and then you decide to just go around full circumvent, full circle, and just come out and, well, uh, this was what I was prepared. I got to make sure I write this because anything when it comes to Pisaki is always, let me circle back. Uh, Pisaki, do you know if the sky's blue? Let me circle back to that one. Did you or did you not drink some water back? To, uh, let me circle back to that one. That's her favorite thing. Everything has always got to circle back, which to me, it, it, that drives me absolutely insane. And it seems stupid because... Uh, Fuji has um, Sherman, and, and you got to help me out on this one here. When when there's times when we go back and we say something, what's what's the one thing that drives Fuji nuts? It, uh, it's the uh, uh, when I say uh, with that being said, no, there's there, but there's another one too. There's another one. Maybe Fuji, he'll probably chime in here momentarily. He'll he'll piggyback. There you go. That's yeah, that it. drives me insane. Drives me absolutely insane. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, uh. Sorry, Sherman. Yeah. So Sherman, so Fuji will say piggyback and it'll drive Sherman nuts, right? So here's Pisaki with always with circle back every single time. But it was just a simple question with a simple answer. You didn't have to go into that whole nonsense, which again, continues to divide the party lines. If everyone, it's the same way when you look at COVID. COVID, they say, why can't they bring it to certain neighborhoods, but they can bring it to other certain neighborhoods without even naming the neighborhoods? Why can't we do that? Well, again, if we provide adequate transportation, maybe you could talk to a neighbor, whatever the case may be. Hey, everybody can get the COVID shot and we all sing Kumbaya and keep things moving right down the line. So again, we go with Pisaki and she was asked a simple question. And I do have a clip from uh, Trump Jr. that I went into playing as well, which to me, if you're looking for unity, the unity is not there. We are supposed to be bringing this country together again I'm a Republican, but if a Democrat comes in that says, hey, by the way, 
Enough what went on in 2020. Enough what went on in 2016. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what, or it's a conservative or independent, whatever, the Green Party ticket. If you come in and you say, and you're going to promise to say what you have to say in your campaign, I got no problem voting for you whatsoever. But when you come in and you say one thing and things are completely flipped back and forth, <laughs> and now I just, we just got my attention here. But when you flip things back and forth, to me, that drives me insane. So, Nick, I, I know you're in college. I know you, you guys probably hear a lot of stuff that's going on there in, in college as far as in the background. And I don't know if you got a chance to hear Prasaki's question beforehand, before I play tonight. But to me, it's one of those things that if someone asks you a simple question, just like, hey, Nick, are you a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And, and that's all I'm looking for. I'm not looking for anything else. I don't care what you ate, that you had green beans, mac and cheese, or anything else. Unless you decide right. to share that. But if right. someone asked you a simple question different, and it's related to what's context. going on, huh? I think I think I think that's a different context. I think what she was asked is she was asked, Hey, the MLB All Star game is gonna potentially be moved and she said, Yes, I I agree with that decision because the Georgia government, to be honest, is kind of flaky and they've kind of been doing some things that MLB doesn't agree with. And everything she said there was true. She didn't she didn't lie at any point of her statement. She's correct. Colorado's ninety five percent in person or mail by mail in vote. Georgia is not. So when Georgia does things like, oh, let's make it less days that you could actually go in and vote, yeah, that's gonna make people upset. I think some of those little things like, oh, like let me circle back, like that's just how she likes to talk. Like I, I don't think you can really criticize her for that. That's how she likes to talk. You know, I like to talk. Sometimes I like to talk with a little voice. Sometimes I don't. I like to say random phrases that come to my mind sometimes. But that doesn't mean people need to criticize me for what I choose to say. And honestly, I think everything she said there was was correct. She didn't she didn't lie at any point of her statement. And uh, everything else, everything she said was, you know, I thought pretty, pretty credible for the most part. All right, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, I agree with Nick. I re really, all she was doing, Angel, was 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 poking a little bit, you know, needling a little bit, just basically saying, if your Republican representatives have come out and said that there's no fraud anywhere, nothing was going on, the election was fair, what the hell are you changing the law for? I think that's what she was trying to get to. She just wasn't going to come out and say it like that. So I think, see, and this is, this is where I, not to get aggravated, but, you know, it, it, and I'll liken it to this, and this, this, this is the best scenario that I can come up with. You know, you have the show Broad Street South. You've got rules set in place that are working. And then let's say two, three years down the line, you've got like five sponsors. And then you guys decide to come out and say, look, going forward, there's going to be no cursing on our show. There's going to be no profanity and you guys implement two or three other rules going forward. And then the other, then you have like two sponsors that look at you and say, I don't like that. I don't agree with it. You know, what's, what's this all about? And then they look at you and say, we're yanking our sponsorship from you. You've got nothing to say, you know, and this is the problem I have with governor Kemp. Okay. If that's what you felt like you need to do, Right. Then you didn't. But then don't come back and bitch, piss and moan 
at the fact that Major League Baseball pulled out, and then you've got to give all these different reasons why you're aggravated. And again, I go back to what I said before the show. You couldn't have thought that once you sign this bill that you were not going to get any pushback. And it's almost like when he had that press conference, it's like, oh, my God, why did Major League Baseball pull out? Why is Coca-Cola doing this? He just he didn't think I really don't think that he thought about all the repercussions that might happen. He just thought that this was going to go off like a daisy and it didn't. But as far as what she was saying, she was taking she if you're on Republican representatives again, and I hate to beat a dead horse, they came out and said there was no proof of anything. There was no proof of fraud or anything. So if the laws you have in place worked and you've got your own representative, your own parties coming out and saying this, what the hell did you change the law for? And if you don't change the law based on everything that went down, guess what? You'd still have an all-star game. But now what aggravates me is now you're going to get into this back and forth pissing match. And it's just going to create more and more BS, which you're right, Angel, is what we don't need. But it's, look, it happened. Everybody needs to get over it. And I can tell you what, the city of Atlanta, if you've got a problem with it, you can bitch to Major League Baseball. But go bitch to your governor. Bitch to him first. Go to the Capitol and get in his grill instead of being aggravated at Major League Baseball. So I want to add to your point there, Ryan. The the mayor of Atlanta actually did put out an executive order basically almost counteracting the new law put in by Georgia. Okay, so now I'm going to see the, the question here is, as we're, we're talking about, of course, what Major League Baseball did here, what Pisaki just stated, and as Ryan, you just stated that the Republicans, according to Georgia, stated that there was no fraud that went on whatsoever during the election, right? That everything was hunky-dory, everything was on the up and up and everything else. And I'm going to post this question out there because we know it because it was just a couple months ago. We've never in our lifetime have ever seen ever an actual election stop put the brakes on the whole nine yards to say hey there's a water main break that just happened in our starter office oh my god everybody go home then everything completely changed as nick and i had discussed before we went on air and that we stated was hey by the way if if it would have been a fair election we talked about the numbers the millions and the whole nine yards if someone would have said that night from any campaign hey by the way Let's stop everything. Let's count what we have, or let's do a recount. Would that have made this topic today for Major League Baseball less controversial? Because someone would have said back then, you know what? We need to be fair about this. Instead of leading on to all them days and all the excuses and everything else, where this would have been a non-story. And Sherman, I guess I'll, I'll go with you first. Personally, I think at the end of the day, It was a fair election. I know that there was definitely some controversy in a couple of the states. At the end of the day, um, it was a totally different election compared to our lifetimes, right? There were so many people who had the opportunity to vote in advance, and there was a lot more mail-in balloting due to COVID. And at the end of the day, uh, Joe Biden became the new president. 
of the United States. It's definitely not without controversy. So at the end of the day, there might be a huge asterisk next to his, his name when all is said and done. But the bottom line is in the United States of America, Joe Biden is now the president of the United States and he has to clean up the mess that was left behind. Whether you were pro-Trump or you were anti-Trump, there's definitely a mess in this country on so many levels. The number one issue, I guess, would be uh, COVID at this point. There are still over a half a million people who have succumbed to uh, death, right, from COVID. Um, the education system in America is not the best. And crime, definitely living in the city of Philadelphia, crime is definitely an issue as well. So there's so many issues that need to be cleaned up at this point. And I'm not sure that Joe Biden is going to be able to clean those issues up. But to get back to your question, if Joe Biden had not won the election, would this have been as big of an issue with Major League Baseball? And I'm not so sure that I have the answer to that. Uh, you know, I think being that Joe Biden won, who is a Democrat, I think that people are more confident now that there is a Democratic president that if they want to make bolder moves, such as pulling out an all-star game due to uh, new voter laws in the state of Georgia, that they're going to do it. There are a lot of people in this country who will agree with Major League Baseball. There's a lot of people in the United States of America who do not agree with Major League Baseball. And it's a problem because at the end of the day, the five of us who are on this program, we live in the United States of America, not the States of America. We live in the United States of America. And here in the year 2021, I really feel that we are so far apart from being united. It's, it's scary. It's disheartening. And I know that sometimes struggle is for the better, but there's a lot of problems going on in this country. And I wish that I had the answers for them as a mathematics teacher. You know, my focus is on education, right? The more that we can educate our youth, I think in the future, the better off we are going to be. There's other people who may think like education, eh, like, you know, like whatever. But to me, education is where it all starts. It's so important. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, Talk a little bit here before I, because again, I'll, I'll play the Trump video just to play it again. It's not because of pick either side, just so everybody gets their own voiced opinion. But as you talked about earlier, Sherman, before we went on air, is that somehow or another, the five of us, right, can talk about politics and sports in a rational manner without pointing fingers, without, you know, dropping the F-bombs and everything else. So why is it when you have five men in a room Talking about you know the, the you know the controversy of whatever it is any controversy let's not even say major league baseball why can't people just sit just as collectively as we are tonight just to sit down and voice their opinion without going completely bananas about it I think that a lot of people love to talk 
and they don't want to listen. It's almost like that family guy episode. Great. And the response to your question, what a good looking question. Let me talk to all the viewers out there and all the audio listeners, right? Like I recently read in a magazine, a study and 75% of the people were for it and 25 of the people were against it. Now, what did I just say? I didn't say what magazine it was. I didn't say what the issues were. It's just like, you know, sometimes we go in these circles and it's so crazy. And I think that for the five of us to be able to sit down and have a discussion, even if we disagree with every single thing that's coming out of somebody else's mouth, it's the fact that we can respect each other at the end of the day and talk about our agreements, talk about our differences. But I think that, you know, in the United States of America, there's a lot of people who do not want to be bothered with people whose views are different than theirs. It's just kind of like tunnel vision. Like I see things my way and you're either on my team or I don't want to have anything to do with you. And maybe the people who are more, uh, what is the correct word? The people who are more um, stringent, I don't know if that's the right word, but the people who are more uh, for a particular issue and feel really strongly. Maybe we need more people like that rather than people who are kind of like, yeah, like, eh, like wishy-washy, like, yeah, I'll listen to what you have to say. Uh, and you know, I'll say what I have to say. But at the end of the day, like, I think that that's what makes us united. When you have people who are kind of like, this is what I believe. My views are blue and don't try to mix red in it whatsoever. My views are red. and Don't try to mix blue in it whatsoever. That's where the problems come in because when you're on either end of the spectrum, there's no opportunity for discussion. And everything that's coming out of people's mouths, people are talking, but nothing's being heard. Nobody's listening. And if discussions aren't happening, then as a country, we're never going to move forward. And, you know, we're going to move from being the United States of America to just the States of America. Right. Nope. Well put. Very well put. So I'm going to finish off here because we're coming up on the hour. And I want to get into, of course, the, well, I don't think anyone saw the finals here from the NCAA as far as the, who was crowned champion because brackets were busted. And we'll get into that here momentarily. But I'm going to play this last clip here just again to make it fair across the board. And then we'll end it with that. And uh, just so everybody can understand it, you know, it can be just one-sided. As Sherman just said, if, if we're going to talk, we need to talk and we need to listen as well. So not just talk but to listen to other people. So I, I want to play this clip here again by Trump Jr. on what he had to say when it came to the whole uh, MLB situation. Guys, today we're going to talk Major League Baseball and their decision to pull the All-Star game from Atlanta and move it to Denver. Let's break this down. Obviously, you know, Major League Baseball inserting themselves into politics. They're disputing the draconian voter rules that were just voted on in Georgia by a plurality of Georgia voters, by the way, right? This wasn't something that got jammed in. More people than not are in favor of these changes, right? Of course, Major League Baseball, the Biden administration, you know, essentially lying about what's actually in there, right? They manipulate the narrative and the story to make it sound like something it's not, okay? But let's break it down a little bit, right? You move the All-Star game from Atlanta to Denver, Let's take it and break it down a little bit. Atlanta, Georgia is 52% African-American. Denver is 10% African-American. So you took it, you took a huge lucrative event 
out of Atlanta, again, 52% African-American, and move it to Denver, 10%. That sounds really woke, guys. You're doing a phenomenal job with this. Phenomenal job. Colorado requires voter identification. Quote, from their bylaws or whatever it is, all voters who vote at the polls must provide identification. Oh, my God. I thought this was the things they were outraged about attempting in Georgia. So Colorado so far is doing worse in terms of what MFP was protesting against. Okay? They took it from one of the largest minority communities in the country to give it to rich white folks. So that's Major League Baseball's attempt at being woke, right? Colorado, this is another big one, right? The early voting days. Colorado has fewer early days early voting days than Georgia. Colorado has 15, Georgia has 17. Colorado requires signature verification for mail-in voting. Colorado prevents campaign workers from giving food and water within 100 feet of the polls if you're wearing campaign apparel. Remember that thing where, oh my God, you can't give them water, people are gonna die. No, 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 they just don't want you bribing someone for a vote while waiting in line. That seems to make sense. They're not preventing anyone from getting anything. They're pre trying to prevent a bribe. That's not the narrative that was sold to the American public, of course, okay? All of the things that they're complaining about in Georgia, they actually have worse in Colorado, and yet Major League Baseball will pull the game out of Atlanta, again, predominantly minority community, put it in a predominantly white community and think that they're doing the world a huge service. Guess what, folks? Major League Baseball, stick to playing baseball. Stop trying to woke yourselves. You guys clearly aren't smart enough to look at basic statistics. It took me about three minutes to find this stuff. <laughs> Pulled it out of the you know, strongest and largest minority communities in the country to give it one of, to one of the least diverse in the country. You're doing a phenomenal job, folks. Keep trying to be woke. This is what happens when you have morons trying to make decisions and making and implementing major decisions to try to own someone on Twitter because the social media guys will be like all over it. When you break down the actual facts and see what's going on, you realize that you people are nothing more than clowns. It's a disgrace. Wake up. Wake up. Guys. Nick, you look probably the most fun. enthusiastic about it. So uh, Man, what's your take of what he said? Okay. All right. So I took notes about what he said. So the first thing he said was that you are moving it from a minority community and that I do agree. I think uh, it's unfortunate that they, that they did that. Um, it would actually have been a great place to put the game because it's a, it's been a big place of social injustice. The NBA put their game there. Uh, Atlanta was supposed to actually, you know, do a whole thing for Hank Aaron represent him because he just passed away. Hank Aaron was a big civil rights activist. So that, yes, I can agree it was disappointing. Um, the point where he said Colorado needs an ID. Yes, that's true. You need an ID to vote in Colorado, but you need, you can have 16 different types of IDs to vote in Colorado. Okay. This is, a, this is according to CPR.com. Okay. And Georgia, you can only, there's only six. Okay. So big difference. Georgia has less IDs that you can use to get place a vote. Colorado has 10 more. Okay. Next thing he said is that Colorado has fewer early voting days. And that is true. Atlanta has more early voting days. But also in Atlanta, 
people vote in person a lot more in, than Colorado. Colorado, 99% of the people vote by mail. So in Colorado, it makes no sense to have all those early voting days if most of your population is going to vote by mail. The next thing he said was that people in Colorado that are campaigners cannot offer food within 150 feet. That is true. But in Colorado, you can have a comfort team come in and they can give you food and water within that 150 feet. That is something Donald Trump Jr. did not mention, which is what he just said. So I think uh, I think everything he said was true, but he didn't he didn't dive deeper into it like we heard with the lady before. So that's just personally my take. Um, and I think Donald Trump Jr., I think he didn't do a great job representing all the facts. Uh, I think he definitely went baseline, but he definitely should have gone deeper. Sherman? In 1994, Major League Baseball went on strike, and they lost a lot of their fan base due to that strike. Here we are in the year 2021, and Major League Baseball is making a very rash decision to move the All-Star game from Atlanta to Denver. The last thing they need, is to alienate more fans. There are so many fans right now. There are so many people who are turning to soccer right now because of the fact that baseball, the games are too slow, the games are too long, nothing's happening. You think about youth sports, right? Talk about youth sports for a minute. If you're the worst athlete on the team, like me, right, where am I playing? Ah, let's just send him to left field or to right field because nobody's going to hit the ball out there anyway. Compare that to soccer, where when you're playing soccer, your son or your daughter is running around the soccer field for the entire game for the entire practice right major league baseball is in a pretty difficult situation right now because they are going to lose some of their fan base there are enough people out there who are not in support of this move and they may never come back ryan and i have talked about this before ryan i think you brought it up on the show in 1994 major league baseball went on strike it was the one shot that montreal expos had to potentially be the team that represents the national league in the world series and they never got any closer uh, since then, unless you want to count them as the Washington Nationals winning the World Series a couple years ago. But I think that you're going to lose some fans for Major League Baseball because of this, because there are enough people who are not in support of this move. And I don't know if Major League Baseball can afford to lose any more of its fan base right now. When you factor in COVID, when you factor in that the game is too slow moving, uh, I don't know what the solutions are, but that's my contribution to this discussion that I just wanted to bring in there. As Nick said, look, the things that were said in that last um, video that we just listened to, most of the stuff was factual of what he said. But, you know, there's some stuff if you read in between the lines and you dig a little bit deeper, there are some things that weren't mentioned. And normally when you want to have your spin, right, you're only going to talk about the things that are going to make you look stronger. You're not going to find ways to throw yourself under the bus, which is why as a wannabe comedian from time to time, like, you know, you have to be a, you have to not be afraid to throw yourself under the bus, you know? Right. Um, so that's my contribution for now. And I'm sure that this is a discussion that will continue in the future. Um, I'm glad that you brought this up. I think that it's been a pretty positive conversation for the five of us and hopefully for everybody who's listening on this program, I hope that when you listen to this tomorrow, starting at 9 a.m., that you find this to be 
a good program and you come to our show on Thursday when we start talking sports again. And I know the angel had not mentioned this in the beginning. So I'll put a little plug in for it right now. Our sponsor, our sponsor is fans of Philly and they do fantastic trips for the Phillies, the Eagles, the Flyers, and the Sixers. So when you're planning your next trip to Boston, Chicago, or to Vegas, when the Eagles play the Las Vegas Raiders next year, is Fuji's putting his arm up there? Yes. Uh, you know, definitely consider using Fans of Philly. They're a great sponsor of the show. We thank them for the support. Yep, And see, that's where I will use the word in the famous word of Harry Roseman, because Sherman just piggybacked on what I was going to say in the very beginning. <laughs> he throws his arms up. But no, and the reason why, Sherman, thank you for pointing that out. Because, yes, in the very beginning, I did not want to mention a sponsor for the same reason. Because I just want to roll into our conversation. And I didn't want people to say, well, wait a minute. You know, what about fans of Philly? So, yes, you know, fans of Philly was cued in at the right time. Because now we're switching from the actual political side of the spectrum slash sports into – the reaction, one, I guess before we get into NCAA tournament, uh, as far as the, the winner of that tournament is, and I guess, you know, I'm going to throw this back at Nick as well. So we know that we heard, at least, and we saw that Sam Darnold was traded. Uh, yeah. Interesting enough, I, it, there was rumors that he was going to be traded. Did we know where he was going to go? Not, you know, not really. Did we see him going to Carolina? Not really. I mean, it, there were so many different avenues to get him an approach. I know that Sean Watson is also looking to be traded as well. He's got enough stuff going on his plate right now that who knows where he's going to end up, whether he stays in Texas, whether he goes to New York, who knows? So, Nick, was this a major surprise, which, I, again, it was supposed to be like another blockbuster deal with Sam Darnold going to Carolina when it seemed like the Jets told him that he was going to be their quarterback of the future? Um, so I wasn't surprised Sam Darnold got out because I think after the whole Zach Wilson saga with the Eagles and the, the reports were fake and all that kind of stuff that Sam Darnold would be out. I, I think, I, I think almost everyone was really confident the Jets will be taking Zach Wilson number two. I think shipping out Sam Darnold just pro even proved that point even more. Um, was well, surprised he, that he got traded to Carolina, I, I guess a little bit. Um, Carolina wasn't a huge fan of Teddy Bridgewater. He got hurt a couple times. PJ Fleck, uh, ex no, not PJ Fleck. Um, what's his name? What's the the backup's name? It's PJ PJ Walker. PJ Walker. Uh, he was okay, I guess. But Sam Darnold, I kind of like to see him in in Carolina. Uh, looking at the reports and all that kind of stuff, it seemed like Matt Rule really liked him, and Matt Rule really wanted to take him uh, back in 2018. And they he really kind of liked Sam Darnold, like what Sam Darnold had to offer. Um, so I, I'm actually very excited to see Sam Darnold in Carolina. It's going to be his best set of weapons um, in terms of running backs and receivers uh, he's ever had in his career. And I'm excited to see what Sam Darnold can do in the future uh, with Carolina, whether if it's a one-year rental or if it's a two-year, three-year kind of thing and they end up drafting up another kid coming up in a couple of years. Okay. Sherman? If your plan as the New York Jets is to move Sam, Sam Darnold, then as an organization, don't you have a responsibility to make sure that you lose every game 
in the 2020 season so that you can guarantee that you're going to get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you know, the fact that the New York Jets found a way to beat the Los Angeles Rams, right, a playoff team, they basically screwed themselves out of the Trevor Lawrence, uh, Nicholas Lisi roommate sweepstakes over here, right? <laughs> I mean, it just makes absolutely no sense. The New York Jets, just like the New York Mets, right, they find a way to stumble over themselves. And all they did by beating the Rams, and I think they won another game last year against the Raiders. Did they end up with two they wins beat the last Browns. year? They beat the Browns, right? So by winning two games last year, they essentially screwed themselves. Now, look, last year, if you're the Jets, if you want to tell me we are sticking with Sam Darnold, he is our guy, we're going to build around him, then I'm all for it, Jets. Try to win as many games as you can. But to turn around and win two games to screw yourself out of the Sam Darnold, out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, and then trade Sam Darnold, is absolutely ludicrous to me. It just makes no sense whatsoever. Makes no sense whatsoever because now the New York Jets, they're going to get the sloppy seconds, right? The Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence, right? And now, you know, it's going to be the Jets who end up getting Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or Mac Jones or whoever it is that they end up getting. If If you're the New York Jets, you have to find a way to control the cards. And they basically said, no, we're not going to control the cards. We're going to let Jacksonville Jaguars dictate what we're going to do. And that makes no sense to me whatsoever. And then there's rumors swirling as well. Give me one second. So I'm about to sneeze here. I don't want to do it on it. So there's rumors swirling that the number four pick may not be the number four pick that teams might be trading around that number four pick that, uh, that, uh, there, there could be a possibility that number four pick could be could be could be swapped. That maybe somewhere in between there, the Kyle Pitts saga sweepstakes. Since you know Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one guy taken, that it, there could be some movement. So between Sherman and Ryan, I haven't heard, and I don't know if you guys have both heard the same exact thing as well. But the number four pick could be moved. So does that make it interesting for the Eagles at the number twelve spot? So Ryan, I guess I'll ask you the question. Well, the rumor is or has it that the Falcons are going to entertain, I guess, offers to move out of the four pick. But I'm I'm reluctant to think that they will just from the standpoint of, you know, and, and, and Nick's got the pulse of the Carolinas and ACC and maybe even Southeast Conference football. You know, they still have Matt Ryan, which I still think he may have a c- couple of good years left in him. So. The, the thought process was they were either going to take a quarterback and let him sit behind Ryan for a year or two, let him develop, or there's the Alabama connection receiver-wise, Nick. You know this. They've got Julio Jones. They've yep. got Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. And if Waddle or Devontae are there at four. Which they will be. Right. Why wouldn't you just take one of those two receivers now you have the Alabama trio, and can you imagine having – now Julio Jones has been hurt all too often the last couple of years. But now you got the combination of Julio Jones, mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. and a stud coming out of that system this year. That's a formidable receiving core. I'd put that receiving core up against any in the NFL. And Russell um, Gage. You have Russell Gage too. Yeah, that, exactly. You're, you're, you're right. You're right. So um, – if they want to trade out of that spot, 
to gather more picks for the future to try and because we know their defense is horrendous or can be horrendous at times, just like it was last year. I don't know why their offense didn't do better last year, but it's always been the defense the last couple of years. It seems to let them down. But if they want to, if, if they're not going to take one of those receivers, I, I just don't, I don't see the need for a quarterback at this point. Um, you know, I would, some of the court and, 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 and Nick, you, I mean, and, and you guys know this. Out of every draft, other than maybe that 83 class, mm-hmm. how many quarterbacks are actually successful starting right away? You're going to have Lawrence that starts right away. Yep. Is Wilson going to start away if the Jets take him? Yeah, probably yeah. now that Darnold's yeah. not there. But yeah. then the other guys, the kid from North Dakota, Trey Lance. Um, probably not. What did he play? Uh, what did he play? One game last year? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Justin um, Fields. Justin Fields might start. If San Francisco's Justin, gonna take him, then but San then choose the, to deal with Jimmy. But the thing that worries me about Justin Fields, Nick, is this. He couldn't cut it at Georgia. You know, right. he just he, he got hooked up in the right situation at Ohio State. Now he was successful at Ohio State, mm-hmm. but he had the issues at Georgia, he couldn't be a starter so then he had to transfer it now they were successful don't get me wrong but you look at some of the games last year especially against indiana and i think the other one was against northwestern is is he really ready to be a starter in the nfl right now now if you want to draft him at four and sit him behind matt ryan for a year because that might be your future then i could see it but i just some of the quarterbacks i'm just just not sold on. So I think what Atlanta should do, entertain the offers. If you get a fantastic offer where you can trade out of there, that's great. But if not, you've got to go Waddle, Devontae, or Jamar Chase at, you know, at the four pick. Because that receiving core <laughs> that Matt Ryan would have at his disposal now, that's, right. that's lethal. That's lethal as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Well, let me let me respond. Let me respond with this. Matt Ryan's had a great receiving core for the last maybe three or four years. So, does Atlanta really need a receiver? No. They need a defense. They need a defense guy. And I think we saw the Eagles trade back to twelve, and we had we had Michael Kay on the show, and he basically said, "Hey, like the Eagles traded back to twelve because they weren't a huge fan of any of these offensive players, and they want to go defense." And he also said that he doesn't even think the Eagles will will stick at twelve because he thinks. You know, the linebacker Parsons could be a great pick, and he's probably going to end up going top 10. Or one of these corners might end up going before the Eagles could even have a chance to pick at 12. I Personally, I like the idea of Atlanta trying to trade down. Um, it's a very Bill, Bel- Bill Belichickian thing to do is to try to trade down, get, get more picks um, so that you can end up picking more players. But right now, Atlanta, on the defensive side of the ball, need just about just about anything and everything they can get. And trading, I mean, you don't want to take a defense guy at four. Their offensive line is okay, so you don't necessarily need Penny Sewell. Um, and the receiving core is really good, I think, for the most part. I think I would probably say they're top ten right now as it is. Um, they don't need a receiver at four. So, And now with the Jets knowing they're taking Zach Wilson, the Niners pretty much I'm, – I'm, I'm pretty confident they're going to take Justin Fields. Whoever's at four is going to get – Trey Lance or whoever is the next spot other than Atlanta is going to end up getting Trey Lance. 
who really likes Trey Lance? Who's willing to pay that price to try to get him? Now it's not Carolina. Could it be Denver? Maybe. Could it be New England? Who knows? And could it be Chicago? So I, uh, I personally like the idea of Atlanta trying to trade down. I think the fact, I think the fact that so many teams are trying to move down just goes to show you the lack of confidence that these teams have in these players. So many weeks ago, we thought for a fact that you know these players, uh, whether it be Jalen Waddle or Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, they are going to be huge impact players right away. And the fact that everybody's trying to move down rather than stay put at four leads me to believe that all of these players coming out of college might not be what the populace thinks they're cracked up to be. And, Nick, you bring up a great point that the Eagles are moving down to 12 so that they could go defense, okay? But I, I want to push back a little bit on that question. The Philadelphia Eagles just dealt with this whole saga of Carson Wentz and not giving him the proper weapons in the 2020 season. And now all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts is your quarterback. Don't you owe it to Jalen Hurts, who now, by the way, is wearing number one instead of number two? Does that really matter? I don't know. But don't you have a responsibility to give Jalen Hurts the weapons that he needs in order to succeed? If the Eagles pick a defensive player at 12, okay, it's a hole that they need to fill. I get it. But that's not going to help Jalen Hurts. If you want to help Jalen Hurts, you give him the pick at six. You give him an impact player at six to help him out. Because you don't want to have Jalen Hurts going into next year saying, oh, man, you know, we could have had Kyle Pitts at six. We could have, we could have had Jamar Chase or whoever right. the player is. We could have had Panay Sewell to help me mm-hmm. out. And we moved down to 12, and the Eagles drafted somebody who did not help me out. And we already know Howie Roseman's track record is not the best when it comes to selecting players. So, mm-hmm. look, as Ryan has said on this show multiple times, the Eagles are years away from getting back to Super Bowl contention. So let's start it off. Let's start to fill some holes and see what they can do. Who knows? They may even trade out of that 12 spot to stockpile even more picks. I don't follow college football as closely as I used to, so I don't know who the people are coming out of the next class for next year's draft. But it should be interesting to see. Well, sure. Let me let me respond to you with this. Um, 2020 class loaded with receivers. Uh, Justin Jefferson went 25. T. Higgins was like mid-30s. A lot of great receivers in the late rounds. Chase Claypool, like 60-something. You don't even talk to you before. DK Metcalf, 60-something. I, uh, I think there'll be a lot of great receiver talent available at the Eagles pick at 37 or even at number 70. Uh, to go and go and take a receiver. But in terms of defense and defense and those products, like just think like Tampa won a Super Bowl, who they have, they had Levante, they had, or they had Levante Davis, but they had Devin, Devin White top, or yeah, Devin White top 10 pick. You know, they, you, sometimes the defense, you, you draft them super, super high. Those are, those are your impact guys that end up coming in and doing damage uh, in the Super Bowl. So I think 12 Eagles definitely try to go defense and, I think if Atlanta trades down, I think they're they're going to tell you, hey, we're going to try to go defense as well here. They're all good points here between you. I could just let you guys go for the rest of the night. It'd be good. So it was all good points here. we got about eight minutes left here to the show. So I want to kind of quickly wrap it up here when it came to, as we get in, into NCAA talk, of course, Hubie Davis was named now the new head coach of UNC basketball. The surprise move by the former head coach, on April Fool's Day, which everybody thought was kind of a joke, and come to find out, nope, it was 
actual sure or uh, Michael Strahan. I was going to call you. I was going to say Sherman with the gap tooth, but it's not. It's not Sherman. It's it's Michael Strahan. He was the one that had the April Fool's joke. And come to find out, Roy Williams was the one that was actually true in his word that he decided to retire because he said he was he was done. He wasn't feeling the game, and he thought he wasn't doing justice for the school whatsoever. So, you know, I'm I'm wondering. I know to me, I believe it's a good hire by UNC. They they allow the assistant to uh, become the first black coach ever uh, for UNC to, to become a head coach. But I mean, you learn from the best, and let's see now what Hubie can end up doing. I, I think it's a great move by UNC. It, it didn't take them long to figure out what they wanted, what they needed. And I think from within just makes it that much more better. So uh, Ryan, I guess quickly, I'll go to you. Do you believe that UNC made the right choice with Hubie? Absolutely. Um, I mean, as far as the socially, uh, you know, it, it, this is a statement. I mean, over a hundred years in North Carolina basketball, he's the first African-American head coach at the history of North Carolina. So it's of greater significance than just hiring the assistant basketball coach. He went there. He knows the culture. He knows what it takes to win. He learned from Roy Williams. He's been there as an assistant for nine years now. So they, they have a propensity to keep it in-house anyway in North Carolina. So I just, I just a number one choice. That's who, and, you know, it's not like they didn't go through their due process because everything that I'm hearing is they did interview a bunch of other people. But, I mean, he, he was the obvious choice. And I, you know, as far as Roy Williams, fantastic coach, Hall of Famer. I just really what I think happened is the pandemic, I don't think he relates to the players as well as he used to. He knows it. It's time to enjoy the rest of your life. So kudos to Roy Williams. But th this was an A number one hire by North Carolina. All right, Nick. I I agree. I'm just going to add on a couple points. Um, college basketball, a lot of them are leaning towards hiring former NBA players. Michigan did it with Jawan Howard. Georgetown did it with Patrick Ewing. Memphis did it with Penny Hardaway. I'm sure there's plenty of other examples. I know Rashid Wallace is a high school coach, but he coaches at one of my high schools close to back home. Uh, Chucky Brown as well. He actually coached one of my buddies in high school who lives 40 minutes from where I live. Uh, Hubie, uh, Hubie Davis played for 12 years in the league, and I think that's going to help him out a lot. UNC is a factory for NBA players. NBA players tend to come out of UNC, so I think Hubie Davis is the right move, and I am excited to see what he can do uh, for the UNC Tar Heels. German. As much of a Duke fan as I am, UNC is a college basketball program where you want to play just based on the name, Dean Smith, Roy Williams, yeah, Michael Jordan playing there. Uh, so many great players to come out of the University of North Carolina. Uh, I think it's a good hire for them. I definitely won't be rooting for them because I'm a Duke Blue Devils fan. Uh, but as Mike's favorite phrase, with that being said, I think it's a good move for them. Uh, look, the recruiting classes for UNC are always going to be strong, and that'll definitely help Hubert Davis with uh, coaching when he has, you know, these all-star recruits coming to UNC because that's a place where people want to play. All right, and then uh, we got about uh, – where's – okay, I thought we lost Ryan there for a second. Got about a minute and a half or so left here, and the last topic would be of the night. Obviously, the new crown champion, the Baylor Bears, if I do remember correctly here, 
right? Takes over Gonzaga, and then it's now the third team, Nick, if uh, if you can help me out here. I believe it's, it's the third time that Indy, the teams have gone to Indy, have been undefeated and lost when they needed to win. So kudos to the NCAA men's champions, to the Baylor Bears, and now uh, taking over from Gonzaga. Yeah, that game was over in the first four minutes. Baylor just came out and stunned Gonzaga with a 9 to nothing right jab, right hook, left hook, whatever you want to call it. That game was over before, before it even started. And you would have thought that after the dramatic win that Gonzaga had against UCLA with that shot by Jalen Suggs when they beat USC, UCLA 93-90, to you would have thought that they would have rolled that emotion into the next game against Baylor. I honestly thought Gonzaga was going to, blow Baylor out. That's why you do not always go with the Juru for entertainment purposes only. Gonzaga got blown out. They were done. It wasn't even a game. Uh, if you wanted to see a more competitive basketball game, you should have watched Baylor-UCLA because UCLA is an 11 seed who had the playing game against Michigan State. They, ge- they gave the Gonzaga Bulldogs everything that they could handle. It was a fantastic game. And um, Gonzaga ended up as the winner. The winners, congratulations to the NCAA for finally being able to get this field of 68 back on its feet. I thought it was a very entertaining tournament. And at the end of the day, they got it right because they had two number one seeds playing for the NCAA championship. That's true. Nick? Um, congratulations to Baylor for winning the chip. Uh, Angel, I do not know exactly the last three undefeated. I don't know where they lost, but that would be kind of hilarious if they all lost in the same place. Uh, I kind of compare this this game uh, for Gonzaga, kind of like uh, Minnesota had a couple of years ago with the miracle. Sometimes when you have a miracle like that, it, it can kind of just like collapse your energy. And it's like you put so much effort and emotion into one game that the next game you come out flat. And Gonzaga did that. And uh, it was it was really it was really interesting to watch because Gonzaga actually shot like 10 percent better than Baylor in the game. Like they actually made more shots that they had taken. But Baylor took like 18, 19 more shots than Gonzaga. And at the end of the day, you can't you can't win not shooting the ball the same as your opponent or more. So congratulations to Baylor. That team is elite. I think it's going to – I think they're going to end up getting a lot of nice recruits, especially out of the guard spot. And uh, congratulations to Coach Scott Drew for creating a big, uh, big-time winner out of that program because they were horrible for 50, 60 years. It sure works. And I believe you got signed to an extension as well. If I remember correctly, just here, I think it was this morning, uh, if I do remember correctly. But also, let's not forget either the Stanford women. Stanford wins for the first time in 29 years over Arizona. So kudos to the women as well, capping that off for the men's tournament. So congratulations to the Stanford women. And thank you, gentlemen, for coming on again tonight. Nick, Sherman, Ryan, Fuji, who finally came back from Alaska, it's a great thing that he's back home. He's warm. And, uh, you know, it's a great thing because, again, he, he found out everything about field hockey. He'll share experience on Thursday. So we'll see everyone Thursday night at 730. We do appreciate it. I'm Angel. This has been Broad Street South, and we hope episode five that you guys and girls and viewers and listeners will download, tune in, and, of course, subscribe to the channel as we try to provide more content for you. And tonight being the most controversial one that we had, we hope that we had a lot of fun with it. So thank you, guys. We thank will you. see everyone on Thursday. So I will end the music as provided by DJ Bink Brizzy, a.k.a. also known as Mike West. And thank you, Mike, for the outro as we leave the music off for everyone. Everyone have a great night. We will see you come next week.